with Austin Price, BrentHubsVolQuest.com, as Tennessee comes to Athens, Georgia today in hopes of showing everybody they had closed the gap, Austin, and that uh, they were in for a 60-minute fight. The Bulldogs were. Tennessee leads this game at the half. The second half is all Georgia as Tennessee gets shut out. Bulldogs win 44-21. Is this just a case where Georgia's better? Yeah, I, I do believe that. Um, especially Tennessee's defensive line, um, you know, versus, you know, Georgia's defensive line. I don't think Tennessee's offensive line is as bad as it is as bad as it played today. I think Georgia's defensive line is just that good. Tennessee's defensive line is is a good defensive line, but to me that's the difference. Like they could get to the quarterback, they could stop the run. They made Tennessee one-dimensional. Georgia at times was still be able to run. Was still able to run it. I don't know why Kendall Milton doesn't play more for Georgia. I think Zamir White's just an average running back. Um, Sure, not what he was when he was coming out of uh, North Carolina high school, um, you know. And uh, but you know, Georgia was able to make enough plays with with Stetson Bennett, who again, you know, it is 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 what he is. But when you you know play the guy behind an offensive line that can protect, you have really good wide receivers, um, you know, and and a solid running game. You don't have to be an all-world quarterback. Yeah, there were times that they gave you know Stetson Bennett some trouble and a couple batted balls kept him pinned in the pocket. But he also made a couple of plays with his feet. Um, he hit some wide open targets. He threw the ball up for grabs a couple of times that Tennessee did not capitalize on uh, where they had. Uh, Trayvon Flowers could have had an interception for sure. Uh, but he does what they need him to do. Um, as for Tennessee's defensive line, you know, there were times, Austin, as you mentioned, against the run, they were pretty solid. Uh, they gave up some stuff on the perimeter run. I thought Darrell Middleton showed up more today. Looks like he's in a little better shape. Solomon played a little better. They did some decent things at times, uh, but they got put in bad situations in the second half. And then same old story, Georgia wins time of possession. Georgia wears oh. you out in the second half. Tennessee was just, they were they done. Were they were gassed. They were gassed. I mean, like, it was, it was really just kind of, uh, you know, that's what it is. It was bludgeoning. Like, it was it just was, slow, you know. You know? I asked Henry, and he goes, you know, we, we, we came here as a team, and we're, we're a team. And, like, and I, my point was not to, like, have him throw him back on the bus, but, like, my point is, is as a defensive guy, like, you know, even if you're playing well, when you're on the field two to one, at some point it catches up to you. Yeah, certainly. It certainly did in this game, as it has in this matchup for several years now. Let's talk about the offense, because that's what everybody's going to want to talk about. Jerry Garantano was good in the first half made all the right decisions. In the second half, he was beat to beat up, thrown around, did not make the right decisions in the second half. Where does Jim Chaney and this offense go from here? Is there, is there quote, major changes, we have major problems, or is this, you know what, we played a really physical, good team, and we're, you know, we're still developing our identity, but we're still okay where we are. I think they're still figuring out who they are. Now, you know, Jeremy said after the game, we're going to have this scrimmage tomorrow. We always plan on having this scrimmage tomorrow. And why is because so many of these players, the young guys, the freshmen, weren't able to you know, scrimmage in fall camp. So we really don't know what we have in some of these guys yet. I think he wants to see what he's got. And if a Jimmy Holiday or a Jimmy Callaway or a Malachi Weidman can go out there and show what they got. I thought Morgan Joseph showed some stuff today. Probably earned himself some more playing time. It makes a lot of sense you know, for Tennessee to kind of, I don't want to say go wholesale use movement, because I think that would be silly. I mean, they're two and one, okay? But at the same time, what's Tennessee struggle with at wide receiver? Getting off press man coverage. 
Which what is helps a huge that? concern coming into this What game? helps that? Well, guys that can run. So, you know, with Malachi Whiteman physical, you know, more physical, it allows you to do that. And how, you know, you know Callaway or Holiday, you know, use their speed to, to showcase something. It bears it bears looking at tomorrow, which I think, you know, is a reason why they're doing it. What was, what do you think Bayless Jones is not being a, more of a factor as a wide receiver? I mean, they threw the one, one ball to him late down the field. But other than that, He's not a huge factor. Do you think that's just him still trying to grasp all the system and finding his way there? Because, you know, he had a couple plays in that South Carolina game. You thought maybe there was a weapon there other than just a kick returner. But he's he's not been much of a factor, um, you know, for whatever reason. And, and Josh Palmer is clearly their best player who makes the best contested catches. But I'm wondering if you see more of Jones, who's a veteran who's played, you know, a lot of college, you know, a lot of college football. Maybe. I mean, you know, uh, they, they used him a certain way early in the year, and they're not really used him that right. way since then. Like Much like today, they didn't do the jumbo stuff a whole lot, and I get it. I mean, you can only do that so much, but when you can't run it at all and you can't protect, why not just go max protect and do it with the two guys that are actual linemen? You know, I mean, at the end of the day, Princeton Fant and, you know, Jacob Warren are only going to be able to do so much. Yeah, and I thought Tennessee's running backs were poor in pass protection today. Oh, I thought they, they were overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, you know, they were. Uh, again, Georgia's just at a different spot in their program. You look at their front seven on defense, and it's some of the names that you remember back from the recruiting process the last couple of years, some of their show ponies, and they're playing like show ponies. Kobe Dean, you know, Nolan Smith, Aziz Ojolari, Adam Anderson. You can go right down the list of all these guys, you know, um, were high, highly rated recruits, and they've developed them, and they are playing like you know, you know, really good football. So, I mean, like right now, they're just in a different spot than Tennessee's in. Tennessee's got to continue to figure out how to get defensive linemen. I said out there, I watched Zion Logan. He didn't play a ton, but he plays a little bit. I think Tennessee could have used him. That was a mistake on Jeremy Pruitt's part to not go harder for him, and and they slow played him and let Georgia and Alabama become a factor, and Georgia ends up getting that kid. He's from Lebanon. He grew up a Tennessee fan. He should be playing in Tennessee in a perfect world. It's not a perfect world. He's in Georgia now, and, and, and but Tennessee's, you know, they could use a big body like him. Everybody asked me in the chat, what do we got to show to get Amarius Mims? I don't think you can show him anything. I mean, the kid's been to campus four times. He can't take a normal visit. I think the worst thing that happened to Tennessee was the fact that they made their run, but they did it during a pandemic where they can't really meet with the coaches, can't hang out with the coaches. He's extremely close with this Georgia staff, not as much with Tennessee's. Where he's extremely close with Tennessee is the current commits and the current players. But that only goes so far. You know, at the end of the day, those current commits and current players are either going to be competing against you in practice for playing time, or they don't control whether you, you know, get to the field and how much you develop. Players are going to look at coaches. TID, another example. He's watching this game. What defensive line do you think he wants to play for? Georgia's, that was just a total, you know, buck kicker. Tennessee did some decent things on the defensive line tonight, but it wasn't what Georgia, you know, showed. So, um, you know, Tennessee's got to learn to win those kind of battles. You know, I think offensive line to offensive line, Tennessee looks similar to Georgia. I think defensive line to defensive line, Georgia's defensive line looks a lot better. Tennessee's got some bodies. They've improved the depth. It, it, again, roster's they, better across roster's the board. better across the board, right. but to get to where Georgia's at, to get to where Alabama's at, and those are the, the class of the conference right now. And where are they the class of the conference at? Defensive line. Tennessee doesn't have any defensive line. Look at Auburn. I mean, not not to that level. They have decent players. Right. right. You know, I think they're above. They're they're 
They're good players. They're right. not, they're not right. great. They're better good. than they've been. They've, yes. got, they've got a number of pies. Yeah, so don't, don't, make, don't, don't take it and make it where I'm knocking it, because I'm not. But to get to that level, you've got to have great defensive linemen. Why was Auburn good last year? They had a great defensive line. You know, when, jo- well, when, when, when Florida's been good in past years, they had really good edge guys, you know, coming off the edge. Tennessee's got to get back to where they have guys that can get to the quarterback without having to bring Elante Taylor and Bryce Thompson off the edge every other play, which is what Tennessee did tonight a lot. Yeah, they had they played a lot of games up front, a lot of twists, a lot of stunts and different things like that to try to create some havoc. And they created it for a while, but Georgia uh, found the answers to that and then obviously overwhelmed uh, Tennessee on, on the offensive front. Um, and Tennessee I mean, just couldn't do anything to say that. So many people brought up tonight on the board Will Friend. And, and his relationship with Jeremy Pruitt, and is that hurting Jeremy? And those, you know, the old line, you know, the old line a week ago was totally, put a little French in it, they were total ass kickers. Tonight, they were the opposite, they got right. the butt kick. So, I, it's one game, I think if you flush it, I think again, Alabama is the class of the conference, Georgia's a little bit behind them, just because they don't have a, as good a quarterback. At the end of the day, Stetson Bennett is what he is. Well, and Georgia's gotta beat Alabama at some point. At, at some point. Right. Yeah, and, okay. And after that, I mean, it's kind of like all those teams are the same. Auburn, Tennessee, you know, Texas A&M, Florida, you know, those teams are all kind of the same. I would actually put Florida just above that group of teams probably if I was ranking them. Um, But, I mean, look at LSU. They lost a lot. They're one and two with losses to Mississippi State and Missouri. You know, they lost a lot. They didn't lose that much. Defensively, (laughs) they were a train wreck. I mean, allowing 40 points a game to Mississippi State, I get it. Costello come in, he threw 600 yards. Last week against Arkansas, Barry Odom shut him down. Missouri, who we saw last week, who was pedestrian, if that, put up 40 points, over 40 points on LSU. So, I mean, like, this league is still, and this season still very gettable for Tennessee in those type of games. They just got to wash this one. Just wash it down. You got your butt kicked. And, and move on. Yep, you're still learning to, learning to walk. You're in the crawling stages, and you're still learning to walk to, to get to this point to take care of Georgia. There's some positives to come out of this game with some young players, Morgan Joseph, some of those guys that you oh, talked yeah. about. Uh, but there's some veterans who uh, are going to have to make sure this team stays together and gets ready to play because there's still plenty in front of this team. And you said it, I think, on the two-minute row. The gauntlet's not here. This is not game one of the gauntlet. It sets up better for Tennessee yes, I mean, than it has in years past. Years past, it was Florida, Georgia. Look, look back in 2016, it was Florida, Georgia, Texas A&M, at Texas A&M, and then Alabama. There's no gauntlet this year. It's Georgia, then Kentucky. Kentucky's a solid team. They could be 0-3 after tonight's game against Mississippi State. If that's the case, they're rolling into a, game, into a stadium they've not won in since 1984. Tennessee's supposed to win next week. So... Are you? There's an easier type game if there is such a thing in this league. Then you go Alabama. Then you have an off week. Then you have Arkansas. So I mean, like at the end of the day, Tennessee's got just to watch this, just put it out of their mind, and, and get it over with because it, it you know, it, the second half is a nightmare, and you know, at some point you wake up from all nightmares. Yeah, it was an ugly second half where Tennessee found themselves in a lead and, and thought you never know what might happen in the second half. And what happened is Georgia woke up and Georgia took care of business with Tennessee in the second half. Volunteers now back to Knoxville to regroup to take on the Kentucky Wildcats. Georgia, all their sights will be on next week's game, a showdown with Alabama. For Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs, VolQuest.com.